Ryan McCrary. I'm here with Thomas Smith. What's We're up? Talking about a uh, crazy weekend we had in the NFL. We had a ton of games. Uh, Saturday was a great weekend for the NFL. Um, everyone could watch the games since they were on the NFL Network, which they should do more of. Uh, we're also talking about some of the bowl games. We're going to be previewing some of the, the meaningful bowl games. I don't really care about, like, BYU right. playing whoever they're playing. Who are they playing? BYU's playing Hawaii. Hawaii. I don't really care about that. We'll be talking about, like, Georgia, uh, Baylor, some of the New Year's Six Bowls. We're also talking about Alabama, Michigan, and Auburn, Minnesota. We're going to be talking about the play- college football playoff matchups, LSU, Oklahoma, and Ohio State, Clemson. Two great games then. So let's go ahead and get into it. Talking about the NFL, uh, biggest game this weekend was Cowboys-Eagles. Oh, yeah. Which was uh, a huge game for the NFC East. Winner of that game really took control of the NFC East. Now, if the Cowboys would have won that game, they would have actually clinched the NFC East. But the Eagles were the win in that game. They are now in the driver's seat of the NFC East, which I wish we could just kick them out of the playoffs this year, but we can't do that. Because, yeah. you know, rules are rules, so they have to make the playoff. But it was an awesome game. Yeah, devastating loss for the the Cowboys. They just couldn't get it going offensively. They didn't score a touchdown. They got into field goal range and were able to boot three field goals, but really just couldn't get on the board uh, with touchdowns. Philadelphia looked really, really good in the first quarter. I thought they were just going to yeah. run away with it. Yeah. They got out to an early 10 nothing lead. Um and I thought they were going to run away with it. And yeah, then, it, it, well, it felt like a blowout first quarter when Philly went up 10 nothing. But once they went up 10 nothing, their offense kind of stalled a little bit. Yeah. But, like, Dak was awful in this game. That was, like, a big thing. Like, because Dak was terrible. Right. Man, there were a ton of throws where, like, he had a wide open receiver and just couldn't hit him. Like, he yeah, was so I remember one throw, it was – if he had made it, they would have uh, – they would have been able to have a chance to tie the game if he had made the throw. Tavon Austin. Yeah, that had, was oh, that was on their last drive. Right, that was probably the biggest miss he had. Yeah, Tavon Austin beat his corner, was wide open, had a step on the guy, and Dak overthrew yeah. him by like, yeah, Darby a couple yards. Killed. I think I think he was being covered by Ronald uh, Darby. It was either Ronald Darby or Sidney Jones, but I think it was Darby. Yeah, it was Darby, and Darby got cooked a few times in that game, but he got cooked by. Austin and Austin, that would have been a touchdown, right? Um, and like they needed that because they they needed eight points at that point. It was their final drive, and that just missed them. He needed to keep getting the ball to Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb was going off on yeah, their last he drive. He had some big catches where he would take a shot and hold on to the ball. Um, Michael Gallup played out of his mind in that game. Amari Cooper had a couple of drops in that game. Yeah, just well, wasn't the able. Cowboys to... had six drops overall. Yeah, part of that was on the receivers. Uh, but part of that was because uh, Dak was so super. There was some really bad ball placement. Like yeah. I remember one throw to Amari Cooper where he just sailed it over Amari Cooper's head. Right. Amari Cooper had a a slight chance to make the grab. Uh, he had he ended up just going up with one hand and trying to get it and wasn't able to get it. But it was a terrible pass by Dak. Michael Gallup kept getting open and kept making tough catches. I thought I liked what I saw from him. Yeah, he had Eagles, a bad drop on the last shot though. Yeah, he had a bad yeah, that's drop. True. He was he was open and it was a very good ball by Dak like one, like one of his very few accurate throws in that game like over the right. shoulder I mean it was a tough catch but it's one that you expect Gallup to make right uh, for the Eagles Dallas Goddard played incredible in the absence of Zach Ertz uh, I guess Ertz got hurt up Zach Ertz early. got hurt early he, got, he came he back it was a crazy play where he he like went up in the air for a ball and got crushed by I think Jeff Heath yeah and he had a he had a 
Engine ribs. Probably bruised his ribs or something. Uh, he he went out, and then he came back in the fourth quarter and yeah. played uh, fairly well for them in the fourth quarter. But Dallas Goddard, in his absence, yeah, he was awesome. the second-year man good. out of uh, South Dakota State, uh, nine catches for 91 yards and a touchdown, kind of became Carson Wentz's favorite target. And I thought Miles Sanders had a fantastic day on the ground. Oh, yeah, Sanders was really good. And through the air. He had he had a couple of big catches mm-hmm. uh, on screens, and uh, he was just – it was – Good for Wentz to be able to get him into space, kind of get him the ball to be shifty. He had 20 carries for 79 yards and a touchdown. Broke out a 38-yard run. I think that was the last one. the last one, yeah. Yeah, where he took a – it pretty much clinched the game for him. He broke out. He could have ran it for a touchdown, but there was like 30 mm-hmm. seconds left, so he decided to just kind of slide down so that they could take a knee. Yeah. Smart. Um, right. And then he had five catches for 77 yards. He was a big part of their offense. Uh Somebody else who's been a big part of their offense that surprised me is uh, Greg Ward. Yeah, Greg Ward was fantastic. Former quarterback of the University of Houston has come to the NFL and converted to wide receiver and has been really good for the Eagles. In this game, he had four catches for 71 yards. Um, he's been playing really well, surprisingly so. I didn't think he would be able to make a smooth transition to wide receiver, kind of similar to uh, Terrell Pryor or someone like that. Even though Terrell Pryor, uh, rest in peace. I mean, he's not dead either, but right, got, yeah. he got but yeah. stabbed or shot. He got stabbed. And then ended up going to jail for, like, assault. Yeah. I've seen for him. Yeah. Red Ford was awesome. J.J. Arcega was awesome. The whole entire Eagles offense was great in that game. And, like, the biggest the biggest reason the Eagles won that game is because Wentz was awesome. And Wentz has been scrutinized this season. Wentz played really he's, well. He's had some really bad games like against the Patriots. He wasn't that great. And he's had his moments where he's not been that good. But in this game, Wentz was absolutely He was fantastic. very accurate with the football. About sitting at about 75% completion uh, percentage. Uh, he threw the ball 40 times in that game. I guess that was kind of the game plan. They were going to yeah. let him air it out. He only had one touchdown, but threw for over 300 yards. Had a really good game. He was so good in that game. Right. Really good. And to have that kind of su- success with uh, the injuries they have, because like, if you're able to have that kind of success and have like such a great day like that with your top two receivers being – You have a, a rookie. J.K. a white side and – Greg Ward, yeah, that's you have a rookie impressive. wide receiver and a former college quarterback, and then a backup tight end where your top three receivers. Yeah, and, and your running back is your top four. That's yeah, unbelievable yeah. for. Uh, you know what I found interesting because Troy Aikman kept saying it, and I didn't know if he was saying it right or if he's just saying it wrong. He kept saying JJ Arthega Whiteside, oh, like yeah. with this weird little lisp over the right instead of Arcega. and I, you know, maybe Troy's right. But I don't. I don't know. That was kind of weird. I yeah. didn't know if that's how you actually pronounce it or not. But he kept saying JJ Ortega Whiteside. <laughs> I couldn't tell if he was having a little little stutter or if it's if it's right or not. But who else played receiver for them in this game? Like I don't know who else they had. Uh, they're at the point where if they had any kind of injury to any of their receivers, they were gonna have to like play Josh McCown at receiver. That's how a, bad their depth is right now. Yeah, like. Because Deshaun Jackson's hurt. He's been hurt for, like, this whole season. And Alshon Jeffrey's out. And Nelson Aguilar's out. Jordan Howard's out. Their three receivers in this has. game was J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Greg Ward Jr., and a guy named uh, Robert Davis. He 
He's, yeah, he's from Georgia State. Oh, he's tall, yeah. He's yeah, like six I foot three. Him. He's number fourteen. Yeah, he's a pretty tall guy. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember seeing him a little bit. In that and game. then they had three tight ends playing. They had uh, obviously Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, and uh, Josh Perkins uh, out of Washington. Yeah. So. Yeah, a huge thing for for a huge reason that the, that Cowboys offense was so awful in that game. Uh, besides that sucking was. Zeke, they couldn't get Zeke going at all. Like, Zeke right. had like 13 carries for 47 yards. And the Eagles were awesome on defense. Um, they shut him down. And he couldn't do anything offensively. The Eagles really could have taken a bigger lead because, I mean, Jake Elliott missed two field goals. Yeah. I mean, one of them was really one long. One was really long. But I think the other one he just kind of – he he hit it. I think he was trying to curve it. Oh, it, and it – But it just never like – you know, I'm not oh, a kicker, I'm to say so I don't he know. Double doinked it, but that was actually in the Chiefs Bears game. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the uh, yeah, <laughs> terminology. Yeah, but he was he trying. It, yeah, I it, guess. He pulled it. So they were on, I guess, the right hash, right. and or no, they were on the left hash. So he right. was like trying to hit it to the right, I yeah. guess, and have it turn in a little bit, but it just kind of went to the so, right and kept going and just missed. Yeah. So. Yeah, the Eagles' offense was not great in this game. Again, because they're only able to produce seventeen points. Right. Again, I apologize to uh, Pat McAfee for my uh, incorrect use of terminology when talking about special teams and kicking. Yeah. It's not necessarily a, a well-known thing, but hey, for the brand, appreciate it. Yes, but yeah, the Eagles only able to produce seventeen points. But I mean. Heck of a lot better than the Cowboys offense. The Cowboys offense, there's no excuse for Dak playing the way he did. Like he's he's got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, uh, Randall Cobb, Tavon Austin. He had, he had a ton of weapons. There's no reason the Cowboys should have lost this game. Okay, they're, they're much more talented, and they just they yeah. underachieved. And Dak Dak, Dak was terrible. Dak Prescott is too inconsistent. Dak was terrible, but at that point, when you know your quarterback's playing terrible, when you get like an easy open pass. And you drop it. That's that's on you. Like you, your quarterback's playing terrible. You don't need to stoop down to his level. I, right. Like a lot of this was on deck, but Amari Cooper was targeted twelve times and only had four catches. Yeah. Why wasn't Amari Cooper on the field on that fourth and eight at the end of the game on their final drive? Like their best player is not on the field. Who knows? Or their best receiver. Yeah. Because obviously Zeke is their best player, but right. Like Amari Cooper, your best receiver is not on the field on the biggest play of your season. I thought the Eagles did a really good job at being able to get pressure on Dak, too. Like, yeah. even just rushing four, I yeah. thought they did a good job of getting pressure. I mean, Dak was Dak was pretty good about his, his pocket presence. He was able to step up a lot and still have time and, like, extend plays. Right. But I thought they did a good job at rattling him. They did have four QB hits and two sacks. So, good job by the Eagles D-line for rattling Dak. But just, I mean, the, the game is a lot, is pretty much on Dak. I mean, yeah, he played. That, that was the biggest, the biggest reason they lost. Like, I don't understand the final play call on that fourth and eight because it's like they ran a fade to Michael Gallup, and I just that's your play call on fourth and eight. I don't really like that. Like, why did? Well, I also don't understand why they did, why they didn't have Mark Cooper on the field. Right. But yeah, it's, I I didn't like that play call unless you have an absolute monster on the outside. I don't think throwing a fourth, throwing a fade route on fourth and eight to the to the left side of the end zone is a smart play call. Just trying to save your season. But 
agree. The, the future looks awful for the Cowboys. Right, they're going to have to get a new coach after the season. Yeah, they're probably going to have a rookie coach, assuming they fire Jason Garrett. Which they definitely I should. I literally have never seen Jason, Jason Garrett do anything on the sideline. In any Cowboys game I have ever watched, I've never seen him hold a play sheet. I've never seen him say anything to a player. All I've seen him do is frown, stare at the field, and clap. That's literally all I've ever seen him do. Right. I've never seen him do any, any kind of coaching. Right. So I really don't know what the purpose of having Jason Garrett as your head coach is. <laughs> Because he literally does not do crap. He's he is useless. I can't stand. I can't believe they've let him stay head coach for as long as they they have. Because right. he's just useless. He doesn't do anything. I'd be interested to see what they do about uh, who they get for their head coach. I think yeah. Mike McCarthy's a viable option at this point. I think realistically, I would I would assume that that's probably the route they're going to want to go. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with them. Uh, let's move on to the but, 49ers. Well, actually, okay. go on, I want to talk more about their future because, like, next year they're going to have a league head coach. Right. They're going to decide whether to pay Dak or not. They're going to pay Dak. They're they going to pay, pay him a lot of money. For no well, deal. next year, they don't have to pay him yet, do they? they got to pay him soon. Yeah, but he still has another year left. Right? They, have his fi- they have his fifth year. They're going to lose. It seems like they're going to probably lose a Mark Cooper after the season. Okay. Um, they have one of them. Highest paid off his lines in the league. They have a whole lot of money tied up in Zeke. And they're going to, like, in a year, they're going to have a whole lot of money tied up in, in that. Their defense under like, under um, underperformed this year. So they got to fix that. Yeah, they were really like, underwhelming, uh, especially well, considering the talent line. Like, they had Byron Jones, Xavier Woods, who was really good in the Eagles game. I mean, they have their front seven is phenomenal. Edge, Lawrence. Demar- they made a yeah. huge trade to get. Robert Quinn. Yeah, they have Robert Quinn and Demarcus Lawrence on the edge, and then they have great linebackers yeah. with Sean Lee. Sean Lee really played. He looked really good at yeah. times this season. Sean Lee, Leighton Vander Esch, and Jalen Smith are fantastic linebackers, and they're just they have way un- their whole way defense too much is... talent to be seven and eight. Right, way too much talent. Like I agree. I, I just, it doesn't make sense why they're struggling because they shouldn't. They just they're not they're not executing, and right. it's going to be rough. Going down the road in the future because they got a whole lot of money tied up in that offense, a whole lot of money tied up in in Dak and Zeke. Um, they may lose Amari Cooper. They're gonna get a new head coach, and I don't know what they're gonna do about their defense. But it's dark times in Dallas. Let's move on. Move on. Forty ers Rams. Rams. Yeah, that was a really, really crazy game. I don't think I've ever seen more screens right. ran in one game in my life because they ran like. I swear they ran like at least eight screens combined between the two teams. Yeah, but there was no defense played at all. Well, in the secondary, cause Garoppolo. There were a lot of sacks in that game. Did not Garoppolo did not look good. He had two picks. Yeah, he had two picks. One of them was tipped. So yeah. one of them wasn't his fault. One of them, I'm trying to remember. That one of them was to Jalen Ramsey. That was a good play. But one of them was tipped at the line. Yeah. So one of them wasn't really his fault. Yeah, his stat line does not look good for sure. Um, but at, at they had that last drive where they uh, were able to get the field goal to win the game. Yeah. So uh, was that the play where Jalen Ramsey got cooked and and people were like arguing on Twitter whether or not it was zone or man coverage? I'm not sure because I saw a clip on Twitter and people were like, "Oh, it's man coverage. Oh, it's zone. It's cover three. Well, actually, you can't freaking tell because the video's cropped. And like in a ridiculous way to where we can't even see the play. Right. So 
there's no way you can tell from this video whether it's Maine or Jones. But like, I thought the Rams' a- defense actually played pretty well, considering, like, even though they lost, like, especially their their front seven and their defensive line, like they yeah, they sacked, got a lot of pressure. They, they sacked Jimmy Garoppolo six times and knocked yeah, it down eight both times. Both teams got a lot of pressure on the opposing quarterback. Golf was actually really good in this game. He he made a couple of insane throws. The Forty ers were not able to get a sack in the game. Really? Yeah, they had zero sacks. Oh, no, then the Rams had a lot of sacks. Yeah, the they Rams really, had six. They got or, a lot of yeah, pressure. the Rams had six, and the Forty ers only had three quarterback hits. So they like they. The 49ers uh, front seven did not play as well as I guess they were. Secondary played a lot better than the Rams, though. Because right. the 49ers secondary was able to get. Uh, that, there was this one play where uh, Fred Warner, um, they had like Todd Gurley, he went into the flat and on a short route, and Fred Warner was there, and Goff just didn't see him at all. And he just threw it anyway, and pick Fred six. Warner picks it. Yeah. Beautiful. There was another play. Fred Warner's played extremely yeah, well this he's year. Really good. There was another play, one of their safeties, I think Harris, I don't know what his first name is, he's 36, I believe, 36, maybe number 38, uh, but he, he he had a drop pick, but, I mean, it was right in his hands, made a great play on the ball, uh, but there was no defense in this game, like, at all, and golf was awesome, the Rams offense was really good in this game, surprisingly, because the 49ers defense has been so great, uh, but golf was awesome, Gurley had some moments in this game, he's pretty good, um, and, you know, big final drive for the 49ers, able to get a field goal, win the game, the 49ers have actually kind of been struggling the last few weeks, they really have, and, but now with this win, they take they control, well, the, they take control, they gotta beat Seattle, that, they'll, they make the playoffs, but if they don't, if they lose to Seattle next week, they'll be they the will fish. be the wild card, they'll be in the wild card, but, with this win, and with Seattle's loss to Arizona, because right. Seattle lost, Got upset by Arizona. Right, but if Seattle beats them next right, next week, right. they'll both be uh, twelve and four. Yeah, and then Seattle will have two wins against them. That's crazy that Seattle can be the one seed. Yeah, they can. That just seems so wrong because I don't think they're that good. Well, I mean, they're twelve and four. They uh, they're, they're they've good, been playing but really just well. The eye test. They're just, they right. They're not awful. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying they're not like the best team in the NFC. I don't even I don't even know if they're better than. Than the Saints, right? Didn't the but, haven't they played the Saints yeah. this year? Or uh, have they not? I don't think they actually have. Yeah, they did. They oh, played. They, they played in Week Three, and the Saints beat them. So the Saints would be the if the Saints win next week and the Seahawks win next week, the Saints will be the one. The Saints will be the one seed because okay. they'll both be twelve and. Or oh, okay. If the Saints win next week, they'll be thirteen and three. Yeah, and they're playing the Panthers, so it should be a pretty easy win. Yeah. Aren't the Forty Nineers dealing with a lot of injuries? Because that's one uh, of the on reasons they lost the aren't they? Dealing they with injuries on offensive line. Yeah, so yeah. it's been it's been a tough couple, past couple of weeks for them. Like after the Ravens, like they decimated the Packers, and then they went into the Ravens game. And well, I really thought they were going to play. Tough, it was, was a good a game. game they played the, a good game. The weather. Yeah, I mean, I really like the 49ers. And then they were able to get a good, a really good win over the Saints. Yeah. So technically, if the Saints lose next week, and the 49ers beat the Seahawks, the 49ers will be the one seed. So if the Saints, then, but if the 49ers win, they clinch the one seed anyway, because sure. they beat the Saints. Oh yeah, because they're twelve and three. Okay, so they would be thirteen and three if they beat Seattle, right? Yeah. So yeah, they would clinch the one seed, and then I guess Seattle, would New Orleans move down to two or three? Yeah, two, I think, and then Seattle will be. Well, Seattle's three, right? Because they they've clinched their division, haven't they? 
Uh, Seattle has not clinched the division. Oh no, no, they're in, they're with San Fran. Right. If, so, so they would be a wild card. Right. Playing. Who would they play? Okay, so here's the playoff picture as it stands right now. Um, in the AFC, we'll have Baltimore as the one seed and New England as the two seed, and then uh, the wild card games would be well Kansas City at three and then Houston at four. Yeah. And then the two wild card teams as it stands right now would be Buffalo and Tennessee. Uh, so Kansas City would play Tennessee and Houston would play Buffalo in the wild card game. And then in the NFC right now, as of as of right now, San Francisco is the one seed. Yes. And then New Orleans is the two seed. And with three. Green Bay at Philly, three oh and Philly, Philly is the four seed. So disgusting. And not in a good way. And Seattle and Minnesota would be the two wild card teams. So you would have uh, Green Bay would play Minnesota in the wild card game, and then Philly would play Seattle. Uh, so Seattle still controls their own destiny because if they can beat San Fran, then they'll move up to I think the two seed because New Orleans will move up to the one seed because New Orleans has beat Seattle in week three. So right. I think Seattle would move up to two and. Well, I actually don't know. Seattle might would just move up to three, actually, because if Green Bay wins, I think they would move up to two over Seattle. I'm not sure, though. It's going to be a crazy week 17. Yeah, this last there's week. so many games that impact seeding. Well, like tonight, too, uh, Green Bay's playing yeah. Minnesota. If Minnesota wins, they force a tie in the oh, really? NFC. Oh, yeah. So what would happen? If Green Bay wins tonight... Then they then they clinch the NFC North. Right. But if Minnesota wins tonight, they will force a tie for right now, and okay. then it'll be dependent on Week 17. So like, the Packers have to play Minnesota tonight, and then afterwards they have to play Detroit. So so, so what if Green Bay and Minnesota both, or what if Minnesota wins tonight, and then they have and the then same they both, outcome, and then they both win next week? Well, then it'll be based on like the total score of uh, both games. Oh, okay. So like yeah, in the sense. first game, Green Bay beat Minnesota uh, twenty-one to sixteen, um, and right. so tonight, if it's, I mean, it's just going to depend on what the yeah. score of tonight is. If yeah. uh, if the Packers still have scored more points against the Vikings in the two games combined than the Vikings, then it will be – it'd be crazy. I don't know what they would do if they scored the same amount of points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure that's, like, ridiculously rare. Unlikely, but yeah. I so, mean, so I wonder what, five, they, what would happen. Five NFC playoff spots have been clinched. We're still winning on Philly and Dallas and for the NFC East to, um, to have a winner. And that'll be decided next weekend. When you do, like, with, like if Philly wins, they clinch the NFC East. If Philly loses and Dallas wins, they clinch the NFC East. If both teams lose, Philly clinches the NFC East. Right. And then everything else will just have to be like where the teams are seated. And if like San Francisco can either be the one seed and the whole playoff race and the NFC can go through San Fran, or they might be a wild card. Well, I swear. So if San Fran has to go on the road to play Philly, I'm going to lose my mind. Because there's no they, way Philly should host a playoff. Actually, I don't think they oh, will. will. That, is that I think, I think they – I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure they base it off of uh, record when they're oh, doing okay. home field advantage instead of seeding. I think. I might be completely really? wrong. Well, you know, I'm only saying this because I play Madden. 
okay. And so, so... So Madden's obviously more, you know... <laughs> I'm saying this because, like, in Madden, I'm pretty sure that they based it on uh, your record when they were giving you... Because I, I remember I was, like, the So even the if you're a wild card, you can still get a home game? I think you can. I pro- I'm probably completely wrong about this. But so I'm I saying think, like I'm not gonna say you're like an idiot, but I'm just I I don't know if you're. Right. I'm saying in in that's Madden, the, the I'll say this in Madden, I was playing and I was a wild card team. Yeah. Uh, because Seattle had won the division, I was playing with the Cardinals, and I got a wild card, and I had a better record than the Packers, mm-hmm. who had won the NFC North. Okay. But the Packers came and played in Arizona for that playoff game that I was playing. All right. So. Madden, I don't know. Madden seems pretty accurate. Maybe the majority they're tripping. Of time. I, Maybe. I feel like they're just tripping. Like, You're yeah. probably right, but I don't. I'm not really sure how that works. Yeah. So, I don't so, know. So Dallas is nine right now in the NFC, and they still can make the playoffs. They can still be a top four seed in the NFC. Right. That's crazy. They can go eight and eight, and be the fourth seed in the playoffs. Wow. That's crazy. That just seems insane. I don't like a lot of people are hating on that playoff system. I actually like it. Well, I don't hate it. I just feel like this year is obviously it just seems stupid. It's rare that it it yeah. that it's it's not necessarily rare, but it, it's not usually you don't usually like, have like a yeah. eight and eight team making it like getting Winning, getting a, a higher goal. seed than yeah. like a twelve and four team, which you very well could have have happen this year. Right. Yeah. People want to like change the whole seating and how everything's done. They want to change the playoff system, and I'm like, but this happened one time. Like, right. Why, why do we need well, to I remember, all because of one year? Like, I can't. If what? it was consistently happening, I would. I'm trying to remember it. the year. There was a year where Seattle went seven and nine and won the right. NFC West. Yeah. And they were like a they were the fourth oh, seed yeah. in the playoff at seven. That and was nine. when that was like. Like, I think right Hasselback before, was that was right before the Legion of Doom or Legion of Boom started. Yeah, right before they won their Super Bowl. I think Hasselback was their quarterback. And Hasselback was their quarterback. They went into the playoff, upset New Orleans because New Orleans were like everyone was. Fixing New, Orleans New Orleans was like the third seed, probably, and um, Seattle beat them. And it was crazy. Was that two thousand seven? No, no. I think it was like oh nine, maybe around oh nine. Yeah, two thousand eleven around there. It wasn't oh seven. Oh seven. That that's a little too early. Cause like Marshawn Marshawn Lynch was on the team, or maybe he wasn't on the team at that point. But maybe it was like yeah, it was two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Right. Yeah. But like this doesn't happen every year, so we don't need to change up. Right. What's really interesting, um, is the AFC this year, because Tennessee, Pittsburgh, and Oakland are, are all fighting for playoff spots. I really hope Tennessee makes it because uh, I, I don't want to see the Steelers in the playoffs with like Dalvin Hodges or however you say it. Delvin. Delvin Hodges. He was t- calling Ducky. I'm just going to call him a uh, trash quarterback in Pittsburgh. How about that? Does okay. that work? Are you okay with that name? I'm okay with that. All right, thank you. Um, the Raiders can also still make it this as a like, wild card. What, what all do they have to have? have They'll have to go 8-8, eight and eight, right? Are they 7-8? and so, so, so they have to win. Are they 7-8 and eight right now? Yes. They have to win. This weekend. They'll have or, to beat the Broncos. Weekend. The oh, right, Yeah. This upcoming weekend, they have to win. It's very. It's actually very Baltimore, plausible. Baltimore has to win. The Texans have to beat the Titans, and then the Colts have to beat the Jaguars. That's all extremely likely to happen, which is crazy. I'm... Yeah. I mean, the Titans... I think the Titans... The, the 
least likely to happen out of all of these are probably the, the Texans beat the Titans. But I think that it can happen pretty easily. Right. So it'll be interesting. I John think, Gruden. I think what's actually gonna what's gonna suck is that Oakland's gonna miss out on the playoffs because I think Baltimore lose might actually lose. Are they benching everybody? To Pittsburgh because they're gonna sit a lot of players. Well, if, if Lamar Jackson plays, then they have a chance. But if RG three plays, they still have a chance. The Steelers suck. Yeah, basically. And Mason Rudolph might be out for that game. So they might have to yeah. start Devlin Hodges. Oh, I think they already said he was going to be out for that game. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Oakland has a real shot at making the playoffs this year. That's crazy. It really is. I really hope Tennessee gets the playoff spot because I like Tennessee. I think they're good. They're better than the Rickards. Yeah, they've been playing really good late. Yeah. Because I think a, I think a Kansas City Tennessee matchup in the first round would be really really fun to watch. Right. Yeah, I think this will be a really fun playoffs this year. It's going to be a really exciting week seventeen, yeah. and tonight is going right. to uh, shake some stuff up, shake things up if uh, Minnesota wins. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Yeah, God, this is going to be a fun playoff, especially in the AFC, like Baltimore, New England, Kansas City, Houston, Buffalo, Tennessee. Like all those teams are pretty good. Like they're really good, and it, God, this is going to be a really fun playoff. I'm super so, excited. So, how about we move on to yeah, college football? College football. Looking at the bowl games, we have uh, first one. Let's talk about Georgia Baylor. Uh, actually, let's talk about the two games that are actually in the Super Bowls: Auburn, Minnesota, Alabama, Michigan. Which one you want to start off? Oh, let's go with uh, Minnesota Auburn. Minnesota Auburn. Yeah, really fun matchup. You know, I I hate as an Auburn fan, I hate that we um that we aren't going to be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. Or even one of the bigger bowls, but you know I'm really happy with the matchup. I mean, I just wanted a really good matchup, and I feel like Minnesota Auburn is a good matchup and a really fun game to watch. Yeah, I expect Auburn to win this game. They're favored by seven and a half. Which um, is high. It is high, but Auburn's defense would, is going to make all yeah, the difference yeah, in the world in this game. Yeah, Auburn Auburn's really good defensively. Um, got a lot of speed. Like on both sides of the ball, I don't know. It's gonna be hard for Minnesota to handle it. Um, I I don't want to say that we're better than Penn State. Minnesota, in, in, realistically, Minnesota has seen two good defenses this year, and they and that's their two losses. Yeah, Iowa has a good defense, yes. and they got beat by Iowa twenty three to nineteen, and then Wisconsin has a really good defense, and they got beat by them thirty eight to seventeen. Right. So, I don't know. We're probably like a tick, well, like like a. A slightly worse than Wisconsin's defense, right? But, but Auburn's Auburn defense still is has really, good. really good. Like it's one of the best. And Minnesota loves to run the ball, right? Now Auburn's going to be without Nick Coe. He's sitting out for this bowl game, uh, declaring for the draft. Uh, but they still have Derek, Derek Brown. Brown. Derek Brown, and playing they're still going to have because Derek Brown's one of the best players in the country, right? And they'll still have Marlon Davidson. Yep. And they'll still have Big, Big Cat, Cat Bryant. Bryant. So, their defensive line is still really good. Yeah. Linebackers are great. I think as long as Auburn can stop the run and force Tanner Morgan to have – Tanner Morgan is Minnesota's quarterback, force him to have to win the game for Minnesota, right. then I expect that Auburn will win yeah. this game. As long as, and Bo Nix can't make any stupid freshman mistakes. Right. Yeah, Bo Nix has – and he's been pretty good. 
right. recently. He hasn't turned the ball over a lot. He really, he, he only has six interceptions on this whole year. season, yeah. which is it, it seems like a, a not as much as I thought he would have. Right. I thought he had more, but he only has six picks. Three of those were against Florida. Right. Florida has one of the best uh, defenses in the right. nation. Yeah. So, and secondaries especially, they have one of the best secondaries in the nation. So, Bo Nix realistically has had a good freshman season. He hasn't turned the ball over a lot. Yeah. He gets but, a lot of hate. Right. Because, like, he's had his freshman moments, but he's still really good. But Minnesota does have a safety who is second in the NCAA in interceptions. Uh, his name's, I think it's Antoine, uh, what is it, Whitfield? Is that his name? Uh, let's look. He Maybe, has, he has really like, know. seven interceptions. Yeah, Antoine Winfield. Antoine Winfield, he's a safety. Seven interceptions, so just watch out for him yeah. if you're Bo Nix. Right. And if you're Auburn, you're really just going to try to run the ball with Whitlow, Cam Martin, Maybe and – DJ Williams. Right, DJ Williams and uh, Sean Shavers. Yeah. Our offense looks pretty nice for the future. Right. Like Bo Nix. Because our Anthony offense Schwartz, is pretty young. Is Anthony Schwartz going to play in the bowl game? Is he hurt still? No, I think Schwartz is Okay. Like Schwartz is really good. I like him. Seth Williams is awesome. Seth Williams is one of the best receivers in the nation. In the SEC and the nation, yeah. Like top, like top twenty, top twenty-five. Um, he's awesome. And then we got a great like trio of running backs with Whitlow, DJ Williams, and uh, Sean Shivers. I hate how how little Sean Shivers is used because he's really good and I like him a lot. Um, yeah, I expect us to win this game. Minnesota's tricky because they run a lot of RPO. Yeah, RPOs. They run a lot of RPO. Their 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 offense is kind of similar to LSU's, in a sense. They're really aggressive on back shoulder throws, or or at least they played that way against Penn State. Um, you know they got two great receivers in Colin, Ty- Tyler Johnson, Johnson, Tyler Johnson, and Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Jason Bateman's an athlete. <laughs> Pull it up. But yeah, Bateman. Two great receivers, and Auburn struggled against really good receivers this year. Right. Like with Waddle in, in, um, at Alabama. We didn't really struggle with LSU as much as I thought we would. But there's been times where if a, if a team has a really, really good receiver or receivers, we really we tend to struggle. Well, really, I don't expect Minnesota to come out throwing the ball immediately. Right. I expect them to really try to uh, establish the run game. Uh, from the start of the game. So if Auburn can get like a couple of three and outs to start and score, then they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so I think Auburn's defense will make the difference in this one, and I'll take Auburn over Minnesota. Me too. Uh, I think it really just has to do with the speed on defense. Our defense is really what's carried us this season. Um, and I think if we perform on that side of the ball, then we're going to we're gonna be able to come out with a W, and we'll see what happens to Gus Malzahn at Auburn. Right. All right, moving on to the Citrus Bowl. You got number fourteen Michigan at number thirteen Alabama. Yeah, really good game. Uh, this this is interesting. I don't know. I don't know who to pick. We'll get to that later. But this is a good matchup. I really like it. It is. Um, I like Michigan in this game. I'm not picking them officially yet. Yeah, I, I like I, Michigan in this game because Alabama's defense is going to be without their Terrell best Lewis. pass rusher, Terrell Lewis. It might be Terrell. I don't know. It's it's either Terrell it's or Terrell. Terrell. I don't think it's Terrell. I think it's Terrell. Well, I know like Terrell Owens oh, yeah. is – he goes by Ter- – I don't know. So Terrell Owens – or <laughs> – <Terrell laughs> you got to be saying it. Yeah, Terrell Lewis will be out. And then uh, their number one corner, 
uh, Trayvon Diggs will also be out. Yeah, those are those are big losses. And then Michigan's really good defensively. Yeah, uh, but Alabama, like Alabama, has a lot of weapons on offense. And like Harris, their receiver, their receiving core is freaking incredible. I don't know, like, are any of their receivers sitting out? No, none of their receivers are sitting out. Judy Why? Waddle. Um, Literally Smith, none of them should play except for Watt. And Ruggs are all playing. Which doesn't make sense to me. Why, why are they playing? I don't know. I, I mean, why is Derek Brown playing? I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he should play. I'm, right. I'm saying that like, I would be like, sit out. You don't need to play in this game. This game is literally meaningless. Well, I mean, they're college athletes, and obviously they're super competitive. And oh, they yeah. want to go I, know, I know. I'm just saying. With like, a win. So I understand why they're playing, but – it's a risk to play. Yeah. Uh, but Alabama has so many weapons. I don't know if Michigan's going to be able to, even with Mac Jones at quarterback. Right. That's the thing. Offensively, Alabama is just so good. If Mac Jones doesn't turn the ball over, I don't see how Alabama loses. Because yeah. Auburn needed two picks. Two pick sixes to beat Alabama. Right. Now, I think that Michigan's offense is better than Auburn's offense. Yeah. Uh, but... Still, if Mac Jones doesn't turn the ball over yeah. and he can just get it out to – I mean, he's got four top, like, 15 receivers in college football yeah. on his on one roster that he can throw to. Now, maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration, top 15. But he's no, got I know, four I know. We don't need to have an argument about right. water, but I, I know what you mean. We have four – he has four insanely good receivers right. at his disposal and a good backfield with Najee Harris. Yeah. Where he can just kind of play pitch and catch yeah. with these receivers and still be able to win the game. Just let them make plays. Don't try to do it yourself. Right. So, Michigan has a good defense. I think I'm going to have to go with Alabama in this game, only because of all the weapons they have. I know their defense is going to be missing some key players, mm-hmm. but I trust that all those five-star recruits that they've been getting in for the past like, 10, 15 right. years – are right. going to pay dividends for them and help them get a big win against Michigan. Yeah, Michigan, obviously a great defense. They've been playing really well over the last few weeks of the season. And Alabama's missing two key players in their defense, Terrell Lewis and Trevon Diggs. But they got a lot of speed on offense, a lot of weapons. I got to go with Alabama. Yeah. But I think it's going to be really close. I think the game can be closer than people expect. Right. I'm picking Alabama, and but I would not be surprised if they lost just because. Another strength of Alabama, defense, they yeah. have a much better coach than Michigan. Nick Saban oh, yeah. couldn't be the difference in the game. I mean, Nick Saban being a much better coach than Jim Harbaugh. Right. So we'll see what happens. Right. I, I'll take Alabama, though. Yeah, I'll take Alabama. All right, moving on to some New Year's Six Bowls. The Rose Bowl, Oregon and Wisconsin. Yeah. I'm this a is little, an interesting matchup. This is an interesting matchup because I'm not sold. I know Oregon went 11-2 and two and they beat Utah, but I'm still not sold on them being, like, a really good team. Like, yeah. Herbert's a good quarterback. They've got a couple of weapons. They've got uh, Jawan, or Johnny Johnson. No, that's not the guy I'm thinking of. But they have, like, a – is Johnson the transfer from Penn State, the receiver? Jawan Johnson? No, it's not Jawan Johnson. His, his name's Johnny Johnson. Oh, yeah? Yeah, or the guy, their leading receiver. But I'm pretty sure they have a, a transfer from Penn State. Um, I swear, wait, okay, I don't know what his name is. I, I, I don't know. 
Oh, it is. It is Jawan Johnson. That, he he is another. Yeah, yeah. He is another receiver that is transferred to him. He's not their leading receiver, but they do have that guy from Penn State that transferred over. It is Jawan Johnson, yeah. but they also have Johnny Johnson, who's their leading receiver, number three. And they've got they've had a really good running game this year with Verdell and Die. They played really well. So if they can get the running game going and Herbert can make good throws, which I think he will. I was impressed I by them against Utah. I was really impressed. I thought they were really good defensively. Like Kayvon Thibodeau was awesome in that right. game as a freshman. Um I like Oregon a lot. I think they got a good offense, especially with Herbert, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. But Wisconsin's run game and their defense, and Jonathan Taylor is one of the best running backs in the history of college football. And he's had one of the most impressive and most productive careers ever um, in college football. Right. It's crazy what he's been able to do. Like, from his freshman to his junior year, it, it's unprecedented what he's done. It's been insane. I mean, he's continued doing great things this season. Um, and their defense, Wisconsin just – Stacks a great defense on top of their run game, and their quarterback uh, Cone he was great against Ohio State. They had a lot of success passing the ball, um, which which allowed them to get up to a double digit lead over Ohio State in the Big Ten comp in the Big Ten championship. All of that, I'm thinking Wisconsin to beat Oregon. I, I just don't think Oregon's good enough. I don't know they're not good enough consistently consistently enough on offense. Um, defensively, I, I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop the, the rushing attack of Wisconsin. No, it might surprise you. Oregon's defense is, uh, run defense is actually really good. Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin's uh, only giving up an average of 102 yards on right. the ground, and Oregon's only giving up an average of 107 yards on the yeah. ground per game. So their run de- both run defenses are really good, uh, but Oregon hasn't seen they haven't a seen, back they haven't like seen Jonathan any, any kind of back or offensive line. Like. And they haven't – and they also well, haven't they had, had – Well, no, not Oregon. Sorry, I'm going to – Zach Moss is is really good, and they got to see him against Utah, and they right. did a great job at shutting Zach Moss down in that yeah. game. Zach, has, Mo- Zach Moss is not, Jonathan but he's not Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Zach Moss, even them uh, playing really well against him, he broke out for some big runs. So, if Jonathan Taylor breaks out for some home run hitters, it's over. I think a lot of this game is going to rest on how Cone plays, because Wisconsin's defense has been phenomenal. They're giving up an average of 190 yards right. per game. Uh, uh, through the uh, through the air, um, so if their corners can play well against Herbert, I think they'll be fine. But yeah. Jack Cone, like Oregon's weak spot right now on defense, they're they're good defensively, but their weak spot is their secondary. Yeah. So if Cone can play well enough and not turn the ball over and not make any stupid mistakes, I I don't see how Wisconsin loses. Yeah. When when Jack Cone plays well, Wisconsin is a totally different. They, right. they like when Cone is playing really well as a pass and he's passing the ball really well. He Wisconsin becomes an elite team. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the country, and they can beat just about anyone when Cone is at the top of his game. But hey, Mac, up. shut up. <sighs> Mac, come here. Mac. We apologize to our listeners. I was just talking about Jack Cone. Darn it. Oh, 
Why did Mac? Like I was saying, Jack Cohn, like when he's at the top of his game, Wisconsin just turns into a whole different team, and like against Ohio State, uh, like I said earlier, the Wisconsin was in that game and got out to a double-digit lead, mainly because Jack Cohn was making really good throws. He was playing spectacularly in that in the Big Ten championship, um, and I, I think if he plays well, Wisconsin's gonna beat Oregon, and and they're gonna handle. Not being, maybe not being by double digits, but they're gonna they're gonna be in control of the game. Right. I just don't. I don't. I don't think Oregon is good enough defensively to stop Wisconsin's run game, and to I don't know if they're gonna be able to contain Jonathan Taylor. Um, and Wisconsin's defense, they're, they're, I think they're gonna be too much for Oregon and uh, for Justin Her- Herbert and that Oregon offense. I'm thinking Wisconsin in yep. this game. I agree. It's gonna be a fun game to watch though. All right, moving on to the Sugar Bowl, number five Georgia against number seven Baylor. Yeah. Uh, there's a few questions about this game. Not really sure who Baylor's starting quarterback is going to be. Yeah. Uh, if it is, is, is Brewster going to be healthy enough to play, or is it going to be? It's, um, it's going to be either him or fourteen. Uh, I can't remember the guy's they, name. they can't even. Like, I don't even see how they consider that other dude. Uh, they other won't. Is either going to be the Big Twelve championship game when he came in? Yeah. Jacob Zeno, uh, number Zeno fourteen. Was awesome. For Baylor played extremely well against Oklahoma in the Big Twelve Championship when he had to come in. Third string quarterback, he's a true freshman. So I if if Brewster's not up to uh, not healthy enough to play in the game, it'll be Zeno. Yeah. And I expect Zeno to actually I think he'll play well if he's ready. I mean yeah. he's had uh, right. quite a few weeks to prepare for this game. Georgia has one of the better defenses uh in college football. Right. But yeah. I like Zeno. Um, now, Georgia's going to be without left tackle, stud left tackle Andrew Thomas. And Baylor has a really good defensive line. So I think this is going to come down to Georgia's offensive line. Will they be able to protect Jake Fromm enough for him to make the right reads and make accurate throws? He has struggled with that all season long, making accurate throws. He's been just a hair off all season. I don't really know why. I don't know how to explain why he's been how he is this season, but he hasn't been the same Jake Fromm as he was for the past two years. He's been right. inaccurate, made a couple, made some bad reads that lead to interceptions. He's just not putting the ball where it needs to be. I know it doesn't help that he doesn't have a great receiving uh, group, but he's still got to be able to be accurate and put the ball – uh, where his receivers can actually make plays. Yeah, Jake Brown's been really disappointing this year. Um, from so bad, he's been so bad that he's got to come back. I don't think he can go pro right now. I don't think he's ready. Um, and they got a lot of injuries in the receiving core. Obviously, they're going to be without Andrew Thomas, like you said, and that's a huge part of their it's a huge part of their offense, especially their run game. Uh, but they're really good defensively. Have one of, if not the best de- defense in the country, and they're great. Uh, and their secondary is really good when J.R. Reed was up in the gym for the year. Uh, you know, I, they're just I don't, their offense has been so pathetic this year. Like there's been, like I can't even. I hated watching Georgia this year. Uh, I'm glad they didn't make the playoffs because I was gonna vomit if I had to watch <laughs> any more of this Bulldogs offense. It was pathetic. Watching them play against Tennessee, well, not against Tennessee, against A and M, 
on Clemson and them season. Then watching them in the SEC championship game against LSU. Just get absolutely decimated yeah, it, by it, it, it Joe was Burrow. Just, it was disgusting trying to watch them play. Uh, Baylor was really good. I, they um surprisingly they're they're decent defensively. Yeah, they have a really good defensive line. Yeah, uh, they have their defensive tackle number ninety three. Uh, I can't remember his name, but number ninety three, the white guy with the big beard. Uh, he's got twelve and a half sacks on the season, and then they have a defensive end with five sacks, who's their second guy. And I assume he'll be going up against the uh, new left tackle. Yeah. So. I don't know if if Jake Fromm can stay upright. I think Georgia definitely has a chance, but I trust this Baylor offense enough, mm-hmm. and I like their defense that I'm going to pick Baylor. I, Georgia's a six point favorite, uh, but I like Zeno, and if uh, what's his name Brewster is starting, I like that even better. He's got thirty yeah. total touchdowns on the yeah. year. Um, I trust Baylor in this game, and I don't think Georgia's going to be motivated. I th- think it's going to be a similar situation to last year where they go in and play Texas and just get uh, absolutely destroyed. I don't expect Baylor to destroy Georgia, but right, I expect it to be a good game where Baylor pulls it out. Yeah, I'm picking Georgia. I think they're too good defensively. Um, even with their struggles offensively, they just their defense is a lot to handle. It, they are really good defensively. Um, and I don't know if, like, if they start, uh, what's his name, number 14? Uh, Zeno, Jacob Zeno. Zeno. If he starts, it's, like, that's, Georgia's defense is a, is a whole different animal. They're on a whole other level on that side of the ball. Um, and I've witnessed it firsthand when Auburn played Georgia. They're really good. I just, I would be super comfortable picking Georgia if their offense were, didn't suck. But they do. It's a hard. It's a hard prediction to make. But I just don't know what to expect from Georgia's offense. Their run game is really good, and if they can get that going, I don't think Baylor is going to be able to make it. Is going to be able to beat Georgia. I don't see them having a really good chance. Uh, but that's something that Baylor has to do to win this game. They have to stop the run game and make Jake Fromm beat them. Because if they do that. Chances are they're going to come out with a victory. I don't see it happening. Uh, Georgia's really good defensively, like I said. I got Georgia winning this game. Um, they're not going to dominate. I've seen people say that Baylor's going to kill Georgia, and I've seen people say that Georgia's going to dominate. But I don't think either one of those happens. Like Whoever wins this game, I think it's going to be a, a, t- a tight contest. Uh, but I'm picking Georgia. This is going to be a really fun game to watch. Well, I don't know if it'll be fun to watch. It'll be a, it'll be a close, it'll be a close game. game. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be fun because no Georgia game is fun this year because right. their offense is so pathetic. But Baylor will be fun to watch. All right. Moving on to the Chick fil A Peach Bowl uh, college football playoff semifinal this year. The playoffs. I'm so excited to talk about these games. Right. So uh, excited. You got number one LSU against number four Oklahoma.